Welcome back to the program. We're going to begin with the prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, Lord our God, we love you and thank you and praise you for the gift of today, for the gift of faith and family. I ask you, Lord, to bless Carrie and bless me. Lord, help us to be equipped to honor you in this program and to be a blessing to every single person who listens, Lord. Thank you, Jesus, for loving us and for taking care of us. And we say yes, and Lord, help us to always remain under the protective almighty hand of your Father in his kingdom. And we make this prayer in Jesus' holy name. Amen. Amen. With the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. All right, Carrie, hey, we were talking about funerals earlier today. What was that for? My funeral. We were talking about my oh, funeral. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that a happy way that we are together in our morning, the first thing? You come out and you were saying... Uh, you were you were quoting the Song of Songs. Arise, my beloved, my beautiful one, and come. Is that a song? I, I'm Why sure. Why were you it quoting is. it? I think because I got up so early and I was flexing. Well, it was a good thing that the Lord gave me a massive migraine. No, He didn't give it to me. But the I Lord had a... permitted it. He <laughs> permitted the massive migraine. So if you're not going to get up on your own, I'll, I'll just help you with some pain and suffering. Well, and you remember, I mean, folks, if you've listened to our programs on Faith and Family Fridays, we sometimes will tease it a little bit. I will tease Carrie a little bit about I get up and I gently, in the most calming voice ever, just encourage you to wake up too. I think you gave up on that. I, I did kind of. I think I kind of did. Um, because I, I know that if I don't get up early before everybody else and give myself sufficient time to do simple things like make coffee put the stuff away in the kitchen, and then have plenty of time, like 45 minutes to an hour for quiet time, uh, I'm not going to get in good prayer time. And if I don't get in good prayer time, then I'm not going to have a good day because I won't have the strength that comes from God, the strength that comes from God through prayer as I nurture that union with the Lord and receive the, the graces that I need for the challenges of the day. I really prefer praying at night, like after 9 o'clock. I do too. Really, when I'm. No, you're teasing. Wait a minute. <laughs> Don't pray at night. That's right. You always, yeah, you're in kind of a. I've got no energy left in Jesus' name. I've got no energy left. I cannot pray at night. So, Tom, let's pray now. I am so tired. I cannot focus. And then I will end up during our prayer um, having to do something which is not great just to keep myself awake, which sounds silly, but I'll end up matching socks or something while we pray a rosary. Is that why you do that? Yes. It. Really? It doesn't necessarily. Like, oh, wow. She's being so efficient and productive that while we're praying our family rosary, she went to the laundry room and she's got a bin full of socks and she's matching socks. I cannot tell you the number of times I've fallen asleep in the last three weeks. Really? Yes. Well, I'm glad you tell me now on the radio that, we're, <laughs> that you're falling asleep during our family rosary. <laughs> like I got, and I have this trigger of agony in the garden. Can you not just stay awake when I was doing adoration at? Um, the 10 o'clock hour, there were many times where I was just struggling to stay awake. And now every time I fall into that, trying to focus and stay awake, it just makes me feel so depleted and, I don't know, just not a good person when it comes to prayer. You know what I, do you know what I do when I'm really struggling like that? Are you going to say something funny or serious? I'm trying to think. I actually was going to say the serious thing until I said, oh, I can say something funny. Like, <laughs> I just go with it and fall asleep. <laughs> I think you know me too well. I do. I'm that like, wait, terrible. where is he going? So what do you do? I kneel down. Hmm. Yeah. I, you see, occasionally I'll kneel down when we're praying our family rosary. I do that when one of two reasons. One is the Lord is convicting me. Like he's inspiring me. He's stirring in me. Kneel down. Kneel down in front of your family. Kneel down and pray the rosary. And that happened like, it was like two weeks ago. We were praying and I, there was something inside of me that just said, kneel down. Now, here's the funny thing. Internally, I had this battle. Lord, that's embarrassing. Lord, the kids are going to ask, why are you doing that? Lord, why are you wanting me to do this? No, that's just me. It's not you. And then when and again, I think my discernment is refined enough to know it's the Lord. Then it just comes down to just raw obedience. Am I, am I your Lord? Yes, you're my Lord. Kneel down. 
In small things. In small things, right? In little things. If I can't kneel down when I'm praying the rosary in front of my family because the Lord asks me to, and I don't know what he does with that, right? I can't calculate what he's going to do with that, what kind of signal or how it washes over, it sows into my kids' lives. Um, But I did it. I did it. I'm trying to remember. I was thinking I was trying to find like some kind of bridge into it, like, Oh, I'm going to do this for so-and-so or, you know, for this poor souls. Or did I, did I actually give a reason? I don't think I did. I don't remember you kneeling down. I was sleeping. (laughs) I was kneeling for you. That's what it was. The Lord said, kneel down on behalf of your wife who's falling asleep. Yeah. Um, But whether you're kneeling or falling asleep, there's also just the battle of battle against distractions. And we're going to talk a bit about that later when we talk about a personal demon. So you have a guardian angel, but an attacking demon. Holy cow. That is something that I heard, and we'll tell you about that in a later section of the program. We're going to start with a little update on budget, because we both have a couple of stories to tell in our own ongoing battle to save money, become more aware of finances, and to uh, make and keep a budget. Carrie, I think you must be so happy. This is a sign of conversion, a new awakening, a new arising in, in our in our family life. I can't believe how good you are at finding money. Like you really are good at so many things and watching you go to work, call people, type stuff out, make another phone call, call someone else, look up something else. I just sit there while I'm folding socks. Go, honey. This is amazing. <laughs> Can I get you some lunch? Yeah. Okay, so I'll, I'll give one to anybody that has cable internet with Xfinity, right? If you have an Xfinity uh, uh, plan for internet or cable, TV or both, look into it. Because when we moved here, like three and a half years ago, we signed up for a two-year plan that when I looked into it, it was basically the we got enough internet that was needed for the uses that I would make of the internet. Like, cause a lot of my business and streaming and stuff. And they were like, Oh, just get the cable. It's free. It, 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 you literally don't spend any more money to get cable TV available to you. Well, little did I know, cause I'm not paying attention and we have it on auto pay to save money. At the end of that two years, it bumped up. And all of a sudden now there was this new box charge and there was this new fee that came popping on and, And all of a sudden... It wasn't all of a sudden. It was over time. Over time. Months and months. Where that's, I think, what catches us off guard. We weren't paying attention. It was just sort of set and forget. And then I I started to take a close look at this. And I'm thinking, nuh-uh. Well, your sister works for Xfinity or Comcast. So you could actually call her and say, hey, how do I deal with this? I think that's what... she gave me the key. Okay, here's a... uh, Right, so this is one. Don't tell anybody that works for Xfinity. This is how you do it. Okay, <laughs> so you call and and you see first of all how to get lower service. Right, you can get less. By the way, I had megabit service. Like right? we had not megabit, but we had like a high level of internet, and I immediately stripped us down to the lowest level, like seventy-five. I don't know megabits or something like that. The the, the they called it the basic amount. And I thought, oh, everything's going to be slow and nothing's going to work. And everything worked fine. Everything worked fine at the lowest level of the internet. Unbelievable. Anyways, we've saved $100 a month just on cable. Uh, Okay. We canceled the cable. Don't need it. Uh, And all those box fees and all that other stuff went away. And we're um, we're on an internet service that is literally saving us $100 a month. That's huge. Yeah. So where are we going to dinner? Oh, wait. I can't spend that money. Darn it. I keep yeah, forgetting. And that's one example. The, here's the second one. Review your insurance, your car insurance, your homeowner's insurance. Take a look at the coverage levels. You've got to choose something you feel comfortable with. Well, you've I, already done that like three or four years ago. You had really good insurance. For yeah, us. we did. We, we shopped around and we ended up with the best. <laughs> you shopped around. <laughs> I shopped around. I shopped around and I got the best price, uh, the best, like the least expensive uh, insurance, but for the coverage that we needed. So did it sneak up over the course of two years? It kept going up, but then I just did a reevaluation on, Hey, wait a minute, do we actually need all these coverages? And so I upped the limit on certain coverages and I eliminated certain coverages and saved us probably again, a 
a few hundred dollars a month. I love how you are saving hundreds and I am saving a dollar. How did you save a dollar, dear? <laughs> Let's hear it. Let me hear about your 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 little adventure that was a big reveal. The funny to thing save is <laughs> women will go to great lengths to save a dollar or pennies, whereas guys in general will make huge sweeping uh, changes and save a lot more. I don't know how to explain that except women typically count pennies and dollars and guys are like, okay, why bother? This is not worth my time, but let me try to do something bigger. Um, no, it's just irritating. I went to McDonald's <laughs> in the evening and you guys were at the um, family night having hamburgers. So I was like, oh, I'll go get a hamburger. And I had, um, now that I have the McDonald's app on my phone, it gave me free fries. <laughs> of course, that's how they get you there. They give you free stuff, then you'll buy more. But the guy um, charged me a dollar for a cup of water. And I thought, what? Because my meal was basically free. So when he said I owed him a dollar, I was like, how do I owe you a dollar? He said, well, the water. I said, wait, you charge for water? Since when have you been charging for water? He said, well, you have to ask for the courtesy. Like a courtesy cup? Courtesy yeah. cup. I said, I was just really bothered. And I'm thinking, have I not noticed this on my receipts? Because I usually am, I pay attention. But now wherever you go, it's not just McDonald's because you said you got charged for water somewhere. Yeah, it was at like Jack in the Box or something like that. Yeah. So they are, it's not just hotels and airplanes. It's now restaurants are trying to nickel and dime you. Yeah. Well, I'll give one last one. Look at your health insurance bill because we use a health sharing uh, health sharing plan and we just changed our level of service and saved um, a couple hundred dollars a month too. So th there's some big chunky items that you can put on there to change your budget pretty significantly. So you can follow my path or you can save a dollar <laughs> a dollar a month when you go to your courtesy water cup. Oh, Carrie, so, it's all good. It's oh, all good. Dad, it's all so, good. I love I it. I call you dad. You're so good at this stuff. I just, uh, it stresses me. Well, it's uh, it takes time to yes. take a close look at things and get things uh, properly aligned. And it was neat because I've heard from some folks, um, someone was saying, hey, check out this platform because it'll help you organize. Check out this app. It'll help you track things. And I think that's that's really neat that there are folks that are definitely aware of that. Uh, a number of folks pointed us to the Financial Peace University, Dave Ramsey's program. And I think you, I don't think you probably mentioned them when we talked about it. Yes. And I think people are, some people are just really good at this. They yeah. enjoy it. They find, they have a passion for it. Hey, folks, if you've got ideas I and we've missed them, email me, tom at mycatholicfaith.org. <laughs> go to mycatholicfaith.org and just click on the contact Tom button. Give me your ideas. I'd love to save more money and bring you back a further update. I mean, uh, one great saving time is just not letting food go to waste. And I think for... I'm in charge of the menu, so just making sure that all the food we buy, we actually eat and use. So it's not necessarily going into bills. It's just giving with what you have, not letting stuff be not used thoroughly. Was that what that mystery stew was? Yes. That mystery stew of uh, like, oh, mom must be cleaning out the refrigerator. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Between Alaska and you, I get all oh, my Oh, that's good. Yeah, feeding leftovers. our dog. The most expensive. Actually, dog food is pretty expensive, unless... Well, you get those big bags of it. All right, let's let's circle around. So uh, that's part of being good stewards. It's part of uh, awaken. You know, what what does it mean to awaken and arise as good stewards of the life God's given to us, and also what it means to lead, provide, and protect our kids. So giving our kids awareness of expend expenses and and making necessary steps in the light of what's happening in the world today. That's that's part of. That's part of being a faithful citizen living in this moment. All right, we're up against a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about spiritual getting life in order, spiritual awakening and arising, and how the word for the year in both of our lives is showing up. It's already uh, bearing some fruit, which I love. And we'll continue this in just a minute on Sound and Sight. Hi, this is Dr. Tom Curran, and you know me as the host of Sound Insight. I am also letting folks know that as a realtor licensed in the state of Washington and in Idaho, I love serving Catholic families and others who are discerning a move for yourselves. It's much more than buying or selling a home. It's discerning a whole new life. If that's something that you would find uh, a help in, if I could be of service to you, 
please be in touch. You can find out more at drtomcurran.com, drtomcurran.com. Welcome back to Sound Insight. This is Tom Curran. So, uh, Carrie, that you just heard a quick message from the work I do as a real estate agent and folks that are in the Puget Sound area, I'm headed your way. So next week, I'll be there for a few days visiting with some folks that I'll be helping them with the listing of their homes, which is exciting to be able to help them discern and take action on the lives that they have for themselves and their families, that there's a sense of awakening that's happened in their lives. And they're now at that time and season of the year where it's like, okay, we've got to be doing some... Uh, not just having a vision of where we're going, but strategizing, planning, and taking action. So I'll, I'll be meeting with um, four or five different families in the next uh, few de- in, in the few days next week to uh, talk about um, okay, what's it, what's it mean to get your house ready for sale, and and then what's it mean to get your family ready to go to the next place, like what you're doing next. So I love that because it's accompanying families, and in a lot of ways, that's what we're doing on the program is we we share our life with you in order to provide some inspiration, some encouragement, some guidance so that you can walk your life of faith out. All right, Gary, arising, awakening. I, I keep using both of those words. What, what is your word of the year? Which one is it? Oh, that's good. Um, so originally it was arise. That was the scripture. It was like arise, my beloved, and come. And in, in this book I was reading, it was about do you, in the moment when you wake and grab your pillow, <laughs> go back to sleep. Pick up your pillow and follow me. <laughs> do you... Arise, and so this author was challenging, just showing how many little things we do every day constitute a strong will, a determination, a good habit. And when I read that, I thought, "Oh, arise!" But it wasn't until the evening the word was awakened. You know what's so. interesting is that I am awakening without an alarm clock. That's really surprising to me because I've relied on an alarm clock for years to wake up. So I, I, I believe this, that when God calls in a, let's say, in, in, in a moment, he'll grace. And, and the, gracing, the grace that comes in that moment will make things easier. Amen. Do I hear haven't an you, amen? Haven't you felt that? I just love it easier. Yeah. <laughs> Well, no, but it's it's uh, sort of the, it's the grace of getting launched, right? Like when you had your first conversion, right? When people are coming back to faith or they have that first transformative conversion in their lives when they meet Christ, there's a sense of things just flow and they're so easy and all of that. And, and I look back on the times in my life where, you know, a group of men getting up to pray for five to six in the morning or some other significant commitment, it just happened easily, right? And it it feels like, I I feel like we're in that moment. I feel yeah. like there's, there's a moment where the Lord is gracing you and me to take a step forward. And the question is, are we going to? I think it's something that I don't want to take for granted. And I know when our relationship is good, that I want to protect it or guard against evil or guard my mind in acting or doing things that are unkind or ungenerous. Like what? Oh, are you serious? <laughs> well, I actually want to know. I'm like, this is an interesting conversation. Absolutely not. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Anyhow, um, and then I so I want to protect it because it's something that if, when I'm in the hard season and when something's really hard like prayer or um, being mentored by someone and trying to like get to the next level and it and it's easy, it's like, oh, this is this is great. And so you're right. There are seasons, Tom. So do you feel like you're in, moving into one of those seasons now? Because I see um, some wonderful, uh, I don't know, steps forward, progress, advance, whatever you want to call it, um, where there's a, a bit more energy or fervor in you around, let's go. Not just, why aren't we doing, uh, I don't mean that tone of voice, that was, <laughs> I love that how didn't you come across right. That was an invitation. That was terrible. How many times do we get in a discussion and I hear you mimic me and I'm like, I don't say it like that. <laughs> oh, and I don't think I do that to you. I guess you just, it's like just all in the mode of the hearer. Let's move on. <laughs> uh, so um, I was talking with my sister, which came from another conversation. And um, two of my sisters are leading a Bible study called Fearless. Uh, it's, it's by Walking with Purpose. It's Lisa 
Brenninkmeyer. I think that's how Brenninkmeyer. you say it. Yeah, yeah something like that. I don't know. She's married to her husband. Brenner or something. Is it Brenninkmeyer? Anyhow, uh, she does a lot of Catholic Bible studies and very easy to follow. The website is really nicely laid out and it's it, just really well done. So you don't feel too overwhelmed, but still there's a lot of work involved. And after talking to one sister... I made a bunch of phone calls, and then the other sister called. It was so funny. And they're doing separate ones with their different groups. And so I said, I, I should do this. And I think some of the moms and I have been talking about it. So I finally just sent out a bunch of texts. And in like 20 minutes, literally, I had eight, 10 moms say, yes, I'm in. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll be there. Yes, when? So I said, oh, thank you, Lord. So it made it feel so smooth and easy and like now I've gotten over that first resistance. And I guess what's interesting, Tom, is when the Lord is like trying to awaken in me a call, it's like, what is he calling me out? What do we, why do we resist him or avoid or hide from that call that he has in our life? I think we all sense a call. We all sense doing a greater good for God. Do, do you really think that? I don't think that. You don't. Think I think everyone... people will hear it if they go to talks a lot or you know, if they listen online, you know, they'll hear that language. But how many people day to day are walking around with this idea, God has planted me in this moment in history and has given me a distinct call that I'm supposed to fulfill? Well, maybe it is a distinct mission. I'm supposed to help this neighbor or I'm supposed to reach out to this sibling or I'm supposed to mend relationships with my parents and I've yet to go that route. So there's ways in which things come into our mind and heart that are like like urgings or or um pull like they pull on you. I, I would I would love it if more <laughs> couples and maybe I'm just talking more to men would see their role as a husband and a father as an actual call from God. Rather than, oh, this is just sort of the way life unfolds. I'm, I get up, I got married, and now I've got a wife and I've got kids, and I'm going to live my life. And, oh, yeah, God's involved. I go to Mass, and I try to live a good life, and I believe. And I read spiritual books. Yeah, or if, if they, oh, boy, you're now kind of oh. stacking up all the things that guys are doing. But even if, let's even put that on there, versus, wait a minute. God has a call, a specific call. That's why I always use like lead, provide, protect. Am I protecting my kids? How am I not protecting my kids? And we're going to get into that when we talk about demons and angels, by the way. So I just would say I would love it if more Catholics, more of us would be able to have a vital, let's call it a life-giving sense, a sense and sensitivity like fearless and free, sense and sensitivity to the personal sense of God's address to me. I've called you, Tom. I've called you by name. You haven't called me. I've chosen you. You haven't chosen me. I've chosen you. Now go, go and bear fruit in that place where I've planted you. You know, I was reading, um, it's called Poco a Poco. What is that? What is that? Poco means little. Do you, do you know what that refers to? Poco no, a Poco? No. Really? It's the name of a podcast, right, with the uh, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal? Yes. Okay, so it's a, it's a Spanish phrase, poco a poco. I'll, I'll give you the story. So when I moved, when I went to Rome as a seminarian, uh, one of the first things we did, one of the first days we were there, was we went to the Gregorian University for tour uh, because you had to choose what university you were going to study at. And I was thrown off on my sleep schedule because of the flight difference. And I overslept and I woke up and I realized that I missed the departure time for people walking to the Gregorian. So I was like 20 minutes behind. So I left the North American College, which is on the Gianicolum Hill. And I was running down the hill. It's it's like a pretty steep hill. And there was this Italian guy, probably my age, like mid-20s, and he sees me like sweating with this like <laughs> frenzied look on my face. And he's like, piano, piano, slow, piano, slow down, slow down, relax. I mean, come on. It was, I had this frenzied look, this harried look. I was just running through. 
And I think that the fact that these Franciscan Friars of the Renewal refer to their podcast as Poco a Poco means, number one, you know, slow your life down. And I think it also is meaning, look, it's a little bit at a time, one step at a time, just a little bit. And boy, that's a very refreshing message when we're living lives that are, are tempted to be so frenzied. I was introduced to Poco Poco by our daughter, Mary Grace, who is trying to live out her faith, but I think she's looking for more inspiration or accountability or even someone to walk with her. And so she really likes listening to these friars. She even, I think for Christmas, I bought her a book from them. And then uh, Father Francis Mary, or Mark Mary, he wrote a book, I think it's Habits of Holiness, that I tried to order, but they're like a month out. I said, they really are a poco poco. <laughs> they are. <laughs> There's no hurry. And, I, and even when I ordered her the book, it was a photography book of all these really cool photos they took in uh, New York City of them in ministry. Um, I think it got to me like three weeks past the due date. So there is... I like that they're not on like up into the right kind of intensity, but um, anyhow, this this podcast is it's nice. You can download it if you want to listen to it. Um, it's like three or four different uh, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, and they do it like one a week. But um, when I went to look at Father Mark Mary's like story and how he got a call to go live a, as a brother in the the Bronx and live in poverty. He um, went on to give some kind of interview, and it kind of it wake. The reason I even got there is I was looking for a a deeper uh, examination of self of conscience or a that you can do like an intense one on vices. Does that make sense, Tom? Have you done that? Yeah. So, I, a, t- a traditional examination of conscience will uh, be associated with the Ten Commandments. That's one form. And so it'll basically ask questions, and those questions are connected to either the virtue you're supposed to pursue or the sin that's connected with the failure to honor a particular commandment. Like the first commandment is about faith versus doubt. It's about pride versus humility. Okay. Right? And then you can go on from there. But this is this would be another form, and you know it's it's not like there's a right or wrong way to do it. But um, in terms of this particular examination of conscience. It's based on the seven deadly sins. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. As I'm doing this uh, kind of like a life confession that they want you to do in this program I'm a doing. A confession of life. A life confession. <laughs> well, no, yeah. Uh, well, it's sometimes called a whole life confession. And that's something that is recommended either for those that have been away for a long time and want to get a fresh start. Or for those who are wanting to to take a whole new level of going deeper, so maybe that's you, Carrie, a whole life confession, awaken where awaken this, that'll really awaken you. Yeah, you, you do that. Uh, my dad did one of those. Okay, when he was coming back to faith, he hadn't been to confession in about like thirty years, and and this was when my faith was awakening and all of that. So he set an appointment with uh, the pastor, Father Joe Riley, whom we knew really well. Okay. And he's like, this is going to take a while. So they set a couple hours aside and he went up and he came back and he was exhibit, was expressing or, or showing exactly what the catechism talks about when they describe the fruits of confession, where you have this sense of consolation, spiritual resurrection, this sense of a tangible experience of being consoled by the Lord. My dad said... He felt like a huge weight was taken off his shoulder. It was a huge relief and a release from being able to empty out all of that darkness. That's so cool. Isn't that powerful? That's really powerful. Well, in this uh, particular search I was doing, I came across you know this this uh, brother, and he starts to go into spiritual direction and. And I'm in a Bible study, and some of the women have spiritual directors. And so I said, oh, I wonder what that would look like. And not that I was seeking one out, but Father uh, Mark Marius said, so typically you just can't find, there's not enough right. to go around. But he said, if you are, just have like a regular prayer life, a mentor, 
who is ideally in a similar state in life, which I thought was interesting, and then a regular confessor, and then some kind of solid spiritual reading, you're like most of the way there. So it wasn't, it, it didn't burden me like, oh, I don't have one, but I thought, oh, these are some things that I would like to get in place now that the awakening is happening. <laughs> right. I, I love that. It, having a sense of like, what are some of the foundational pillars or the stones to get in place to be able to walk forward and to, to walk higher and further. I think that's great. But most people don't need a spiritual director because they're just not intentional enough. I, there was a spiritual director in Rome, and I remember this woman saying to me, yeah, I went to him and asked if he'd be my spiritual director. She, he said, do you, are, are you battling with any mortal sin? Do you have an, uh, are you praying at least an hour a day? And are you going to mass, uh, you know, like either daily or regularly and have a regular life of confession? If you don't have all of that in place, I don't even want to talk to you. <laughs> because it's for the big leagues. It, well, it was, it was like, it, what, what is the, what am I going to be directing and helping you direct if you're not, if you're not intentionally and even heroically pursuing a, a life of holiness? You know what I loved about Francisco when I was there is, in our households, we had small faith groups, and you would meet weekly and just sh- just check in. Like, how is your prayer life? Mm-hmm. How is what's the Lord saying to you? Where what? How is your spiritual reading going? Um, and, and it was a way just to be accountable. And I think that when I was listening to their podcast and another one on community, there is a way in which I would I really yearned for some kind of closer, tighter, more um, relational, accountable situation. Carrie, I think that is exactly what most Catholics would benefit from. And we just refer to that as, you know, fellowship and community with other brothers and sisters in Christ. Well, not fellowship. Well, but a mentor. Being able to walk together. Okay, you're talking about mentors. Let's let's continue this conversation in a minute. We're up against a break, Carrie. Back in a minute on Sign Inside. Okay. Welcome back to the program. Just before the break, Carrie, I not so gently interrupted you to let you know we're on a break here, but you're talking about getting a mentor. How can I help you? You are my mentor. It says that a mentor is someone who's ideally in the similar state. Why would that be? Similar state in life. Yeah, so... Don't you want someone I, who's like 20 years ahead of you or something? Yeah, well, well, that, that's what they mean. Like in a similar state in life, not similar stage in life. Right, a similar state in life means okay, you're a wife and a mother, so you'd want to be mentored by a wife and a mother, someone that's further along. Someone, and you know, we've kind of done that a little bit when we looked at people that are just sort of ahead of us a bit, to say what's coming next, what ought to we be paying attention to? If you had to do it over, what would you do again? Right. Okay. And then uh, the other thing is, I was oh, a regular confessor. I try to like go to different priests so they all don't know my sins. <laughs> it's like I try to hit like. One, you know, spread it out through the course of the year. So let me now link the idea of a spiritual director and a confessor. What's the, why would that be a big deal? Can you figure it out? Well, you're, con- you're dealing with the same sin over and over and over. No, well, not even necessarily is that, that, that but in confession, what's the content of confession? The content of Con- confession is I'm there to confess my sins. I'm here to accuse myself. I've done this and this and this, and you're focused on mortal sins. You might also confess your venial sins. And then you, you might receive a brief amount of spiritual guidance, and then you get your penance, and, and, and you're forgiven, and you're gone. If you can link that to spiritual direction, that's why most often spiritual directors are priests, it's so that you can be bringing stuff up in the context of spiritual direction that can then naturally receive the covering of confession, So you can bring something up that might be, here's something going on in my life, and then that leads to the exposure of a a particular sin. And then in that moment, well, let's bring that to the Lord in confession, and let's get that washed away, and then move forward. So that's the reason why. Have you done that before? When you are in the seminary, did you have to go through all this? Yeah, I, I had a spiritual director when I was in the seminary, and I would often use that spiritual director for my confessor. Oh, okay. We yeah. never talk, so I don't know anything about your life. <laughs> it's like so many, so many things. You're kidding. I, I'm going to die, and you're not going to say, what? That happened to my husband? He never told I, me he that. He probably did. I just forget. <laughs> I think that's probably more what it is. 
I, I have to admit that that's a grace to say, I want to go to the same confessor over and over so that my confessor can narrow in the guidance that he provides. Because if he recognizes you, then he realizes that there's a certain pattern to a sin, and then he can um, prescribe more specific counsel and more specific penances, right? Okay. So that's a reason to go to a confessor in a, with, with a, on a regular basis. Okay. And that doesn't mean you have to go face-to-face either. But I, there, there's a grace. There, there is a grace for some where I would want to go face-to-face precisely I always... because it was more humiliating. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. I always go face-to-face. Do you really? Yes. I never go face-to-face. Well, they recognize your voice. I, I know like, they know. It's not, it's not like... <laughs> well, I say, good morning, Father. Welcome to the confessional. This is... <laughs> the sound insight. Welcome. I well, want to provide some sound insight in my confession today. I'm not saying they recognize my voice, but I just like to look at the person. The priest. The priest. The, I, the priest. You confessing to other people without telling me? Oh, when I can't quite get to confession. Um, I don't know why. I've always wanted, I think I just really crave authenticity in being real. But then I also struggle with hiding. So the part of me wants to hide. So it's interesting that I also want to go face to face. Right. That would be the grace. It's, it's the grace of honestas, right? The honestas, that you know, the one manifestation of honesty is standing up. Yes. Standing up and showing yourself, not hiding. So uh, spiritual reading, I've been getting a couple of books. It's funny how, I don't know if, uh, if listeners face this, but you get this urge or this grace moment, and then all of a sudden Amazon, click, click, click. <laughs> I want this book and that book. I don't know if those two are connected. I just go to my bookshelf. Oh, I've got, I've got, I tend to go deeper rather than wider, unless there's a particular okay. inspiration to buy a book, like I had the recent one with Why Must I Suffer? Well, I was getting, we're doing a Bible study on a fire within. It's not really a Bible study. It's a book club study. And that's the story of St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross and their spiritual, I don't know how do you describe yeah, the book. Yeah, sort of a spiritual, the spiritual theology of yes. St. Teresa of Avila and St. John of the Cross. Again, the, the foundress and the co-founder of the, the reform of the Carmelite order or the discalced Carmelites. Yeah. And uh, by Thomas it, Dubay. It's pretty intense. That's good. Started reading it. And then I downloaded the next eight chapters at the library because you can get it on the PDF. There it is. That Saving money. McDonald's. Go to print stuff out for free at your local library. Although I did order the book. It just hasn't gotten here yet. So I had the book, Carrie. I couldn't. I, you know, I think I gave it away. Find it. I, I remember I gave away several spiritual books to like when I was with a group of men. Okay. And I think most of them didn't give me the books back. That's so much okay. for that. That's okay. Uh, and then I got uh, Ralph Martin's book. Um, what was his his book that he wrote about twenty years ago, like in two thousand ten? Oh yeah, it's about a desire, something desire. I'll look uh, it up. Um, it's funny as yesterday you mentioned Father Ralph, Father. I keep saying Father Ralph, but it's Ralph Martin. Ralph Martin. Yeah. I don't know why I say Father, but you're saying how you compare your spiritual. Yeah, space for some to reason. Him. So I first met Ralph Martin in like nineteen ninety, and uh, I've kind of you know talked with him off and on through well thirty years now. And I'm impressed by him as a, as, a, as a man of God who lives intentionally, raised his family intentionally, strives to serve the Lord intentionally. And so uh, he comes to my mind when I am on my phone. Like I'm on my phone and uh, what's the phrase we always use now? You're wasting your life. You're wasting your life. On these little video shorts that are just like funny or like wow, or but the overarching characterization of them is they're just a waste and so i use ralph martin as my as my mirror i say (laughs) can i imagine ralph martin watching this video or would i be watching this ralph this video with ralph martin or i don't think he's doing that why am i giving myself permission to do this so ralph has no idea that i do that (laughs) uh, using him as an example but I think we need inspiring examples to say, don't waste your life. Live, yes. live heroically and fulfill God's, God's mission for this moment. Don't waste the time, the precious time God's given you. The book he wrote that I ordered was The Fulfillment of All Desires. Yes, The Fulfillment of All Desires. That looked like it got the best stars. So I thought, I'll go with that one. <laughs> but um, 
in ordering that and a couple other books, it was just this sense of, I tend to like look around for someone to be a, a model or heroic faith, the, the living heroic faith. And so when I read this Poco a Poco little website and the, how they live out their faith, and then I started reading the St. Teresa of Avila, A Fire Within, it just kind of awakened in me, there's so much more. And I think if we seek out spiritual reading and things that really challenge our mind and heart, we will, hopefully God will use it and we'll move into that. It's easy just to not... Is we, you and the mouse in your pocket? No, you and me. Oh, okay. You're going to read this with me. <laughs> I can't get through the book without you. Um, <laughs> just kidding. But I feel like um, you can kind of just go through life or through a season and not really... And be, and be spiritually lukewarm or tepid or content, I guess. And uh, it's neat when there's an awakening and a fire and a, a, a desire to go after God. And that's just not a common thing in my own heart. And so I really want this a renewed sense of determination. I do think that's a grace. And it's a grace, a grace we shouldn't take for granted. And it's a grace then to be acted on. And you take those poco a poco, you take the little steps of responding to God's grace, and then the next one happens, and the next one happens. And I feel the same thing. Oh, you do? I do. I do feel like God is on the move in our regard and that there's a grace to step forward into the more. Um, and, and it's little things. It's just a day-to-day, folks. Just can you choose a good day today? Going to Mass, making going to Mass a priority, going to confession, making going to confession on a monthly basis a priority, taking time for adoration, making sure that doesn't get crowded out, taking daily prayer time. Is that going to be crowded out? surrendering the things that we're attached to, and then being willing, for me, the word is expiation. It's being willing to say, Lord, in what ways are you drawing me into this reality of expiating, not only my sins, but joining in your redemptive work to save these poor souls that are near to death and far from God, right? That's that theme that is sort of a drumbeat in my life right now. So it's a, it's a very interesting thing, getting life in order. All right, we're up against a break, Carrie. When we come back, we're going to talk about guardian angels helping us along the way and the personal demon that is sent to stop you. Back in a minute. Welcome back to the program. Carrie, you know we have a guardian angel, right? Which is just a stunning thing, and I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it, but just to realize God not only created you with this uniqueness, this preciousness, this one-of-a-kind quality. But you are, you have so much, you mean so much to him that he created an angel that has one mission, to guard you and guide you to heaven. That a, a spiritual being that is higher in the order of creation that God has assigned, get carry to heaven. Make her a saint and get her to heaven. Lead her, provide her, provide for her, and protect her. Isn't that amazing? That is awesome. All right, so I was listening to a homily in this, again, Census Fidelium channel on YouTube. Not wasting my life, right? <laughs> Does it count if you're Does listening to a really holy talk know, and playing a game at the same time? I'm not playing. I don't do that. That's what I do. Oh, okay. So I was listening to a homily. It was about guardian angels, I love guardian angels. I love them. And I love my guardian angel. I'm always like, come on, guardian angel, and family guardian angel. I've got a particular, like, I'm on my family guardian, our family guardian angel to, like, come on, let's go. Is All there right. a street guardian angel like a, that just watches a street or oh, a you, you, you know, neighborhood? You're going to be struck down. You keep talking like that. <laughs> okay. You're just getting a little too silly. <laughs> All right. This homily on guardian angels, he said, and the devil assigns a demon to every soul. No way. That's what he said. That's what he said. Yeah. Where I, did he find this? I don't know. It, <laughs> I, don't I don't think he made it up, <laughs> but I had never heard that before. I, I, you know, I mean, do you know where it is kind of an acutesy way presented in um, the screw tape letters? Right? Oh, yes. But yeah. where is it in scripture? Uh, it's on. in screw tape letter four, oh, verse two. Chapter. Yeah, chapter four, <laughs> letter four, verse two. Um, I think that there are, like, for instance, Job has Satan come before God and asks for permission to, like, attack him. Yes, I mean, there um, are those who wrestled with the devil. And, and there are definitely lots of examples of 
individuals who are possessed by demons and harassed by demons and all of that. But just hold on to that and say, if it is true, what's that devil doing? What's that demon doing uh, to go after you? What is he doing? Do you know who you, do you know what he would tempt you with? Um, Being on your phone? Well, here's the thing. I, I was I was talking to you about this yesterday. I was saying that, you know, Saint um, Saint Bonaventure, and then also Saint Francis, uh, Saint Philip Neri. They talk about these enemies of the spiritual life, right? Diversion, distraction, and dispersion. And I said to you yesterday that it seemed to me that we were coming out of we've come out of uh, a generation that was promoting a rat race mentality, the, the, hey, piano, piano, like the frenzied action of dispersion, doing many things that would disperse our energies, stretch us out doing so many things that we wouldn't bear the fruit God had for us. And it feels like we've moved into a time where the devil has focused less on dispersion and is focusing more on distraction, that whole wasting your life. Just sitting on the couch, scrolling away. Binge watching series on, on, on television shows, right? Uh, popcorn and Netflix, right? All of that, it, it seems like we are a distracted age. Okay, I agree. So I think that the, the let's call it one of the, uh, the overarching strategies of the demonic is to distract us into a lack of fervor, a lack of arising and awakening, a lack of holiness and heroism. Um, so I think that that's one. But it, it got me thinking about where does the devil, the devil goes after weak spots, the demonic go after weak spots. So that's how I tend to look at things, sort of a, Okay, if I'm called to protect my family, what are the weak spots? And what are the weak spots in my own armor? And so uh, I've been doing more reflection on that. And you brought up the word from Self-Knowledge and Self-Discipline, that book, Imagination. And it got me really thinking about... Have you read that part? Or do you remember? I don't remember it. Oh, you got to go back and read it. I do. I, I'm going to have to. It's because very powerful. I think about when I started to think about the different faculties, the different capabilities that, that the Lord has given our mind, imagination, intellect, right, will, memory, and imagination is one that trips me up. And so I started to ponder. I'm like, is, is that a demonic entry point where I, I get tempted, where I get, uh, where, where's, there's the weak spot where the, devil can so the demonic can push the button and get me stirred get me anxious get yeah. me afraid and i'm thinking yeah it is so lo and behold what gets fed into my youtube feed from census fidelium a talk on purifying the imagination thank you i've Jesus. never heard that i have never seen that it's and all of a sudden it just popped up i'm like wow god really loves me so I share that with folks that are listening to say, pay attention to the fact that whether or not you actually have a demon assigned to you by Satan to attempt to trip you up, that the demonic is one of the enemies of the spiritual life. And in addition to distracting you from striving for holiness, there's also going to be a weak spot in your life. And to not hide from that weak spot, but to ponder it and then say, Lord, what's the solution here? What's the path forward here? Yeah, I was reading the uh, Fire Within, and in it, uh, there's a quote, we find in these meetings with, quote-unquote, His Majesty, an explanation of how and why St. Teresa viewed her sins with such horror. Tepid, lukewarm people consider their, this hatred for sin, even venial sin, as being a sentiment overblown by the saints. But that is because they know so little about what being in love with His Majesty is really like. Mediocrity has little contact with infinite purity, goodness, and love. In an effort to explain herself, the saint it compares the divin divinity to a very clear diamond, and she does this whole diamond explanation. You probably have heard of it. But she goes on to marvel at people who commit very indecent and ugly sins and to say how they merit hell even through one mortal sin, quote, because one cannot understand how dreadfully serious it is to commit sin before such an awesome majesty. 
Okay, so you just said the key thing is that last part of the phrase. Encounter. The awesome majesty. Yeah. You don't get what sin is until you encounter awesome majesty. Amen. It's only in the light of the glory of God, who God is, God revealing who he is, that we get stunned into silence. We become in awe and wonder of who God is. And then the idea of sinning is like to use the uh, the image of C.S. Lewis in The Weight of Glory. We're like little kids playing in the mud because we don't realize the, the beautiful banquet that we're called to. Nice. And I think sometimes I'm a, in a situation where people are working really hard not to sin or to grow, but that encounter is not happening. And therefore, it makes it really hard and a lot of work harder, work harder. And then there's this guilt, there's this shame, there's this sense of, I just, why, you know, I keep failing. Or just keep distracting yourself. Okay. It's just a lot more comfortable to make more popcorn and watch another show, right? <laughs> than to actually enter into the, the heavenly heavenlies, yes. Well, and that's where we need the fellowship. That's where I, I'm so excited for you that you took the step, launched out and said, hey, let's start a Bible, not a Bible study, but this faith study at the house. And you're going to walk with these other Catholic moms to say, Let's strive for the heights. And I think I said to you, what makes me grow is when I'm having to lead or having to be um, presenting something to people and I need to up my game. It makes me not want to fail or it makes me want to do a good job. So I'll put in time and effort knowing that I need to have a certain level of, of seeking after him and not... Well, and I think that's part of what we're made in the image of God as a community of persons. You think of Exodus 90. What is it that gets so many guys off the dime? It's not that they haven't thought that they ought to do things like this. It's just that they would never do things like this unless they had someone else or a group of guys walking with them to support them, encourage them, and hold them accountable. So just that reality is so very powerful. I have a great idea. What's that? You should do a Bible study with the guys. I know. You've kind of already gently encouraged me to do that. So, Dad. Tom, <laughs> they're home. A lot of these men they work from that. home. Yeah, that's you, true. Like there's any time of day. I'm in. Let's go. I I am. I'm ready to go. I would love that. Um, and you actually made a recommendation. Hey, maybe we should get Father <laughs> Lewis involved. <laughs> I make lots of recommendations. <laughs> yes, you do, dear. All right. So, Carrie, we're up against the end of the program today. Hey, this is exciting. You're going to the women's conference tomorrow. Yes. Right. You and 400 of your best friends. I just think that is so amazing that they sell out in just a matter of one day and there's more. I was talking with the uh, person in charge, Elisa, and she's just so excited. She's busy about many things, but uh, bringing in this woman speaker to minister and just see what God's going to do. That's just another beautiful sign of... of Are you going to have her on the program? I hope so. Yeah, I'm hoping that we can arrange to interview her on Sunday so that she can be heard next week. All right, God bless you all. Have a great weekend. Join me on Monday for Sound Insight.